Welcome to the Triple Confirmed Podcast, where we discuss Bitcoin price talk, trading ideas, and much, much more. I am your host, The Baked Potato, a five-year crypto analyst and crypto YouTuber. Today's date is September 28th. This is episode 107. Today, I'll be joined by my good friends, Pio and Jay. Welcome, guys. Hey, what's up, man? Happy to be here. Yes. Yes, we need to come up with like some uh, some names for you guys, like you know titles. Jay the bearish boy. I was about to say bearish <laughs> as fuck, Jay. How does that work? Is that is that good? Something a little a little a little shorter, maybe. Giga Jay, Jay the Giga. I like that. I like it. I'll take it. Ah, uh, and promiscuous Bo. I'm just kidding. I am though. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> Sometimes I use my left hand. <laughs> Lovely. Lovely. So, yeah, welcome, guys. Uh, we've got a lot to cover today. We had, obviously, a major switchback over the last day and a half. Bitcoin and the rest of the market took a deep dive yesterday and has since pretty well reversed it. We need to see, we still have about a day-ish to get the full engulfing type of deal on our midterm uh, macro timeframes. We're still technically in the middle of consolidation because we have not seen a uh, confirmation above or below the key levels in these timeframes, those levels being 18,500 or 19,500, potentially 20. So we haven't seen, obviously, any resolution to breaking out of this tight range. We've still technically, we're we're essentially playing into the middle of the range. We know that the top of our range is sitting closer to $23,624,000. And the fact that we're continuing to form divergences, higher lows in these shorter time frames, I, you know, I was a little scared last night, I'll be honest. Things were right on the precipice of smashing through. You know, if we if we had closed below 18500 on a medium term time frame, that being S&P potentially crashing from 3650 and the Dixie smashing above 114 and the US 10 year going above 4%, we're all critical zones so for what we've seen today a major rejection in the dixie in the us 10 a decent pump out of bitcoin if we can get our daily close above 19,500, i would expect continuation over the next couple days we've already invalidated an invalidation on the four hour uh, triple confirmation meaning that we triple confirmed up at about 19,100. we triple confirmed down at about $19,050. So that was a full invalidation. And now we've invalidated again by closing above that bearish triple confirmation. So we're in a really, really tight range. We're invalidating divergences again and again and again. What this is telling me is that we are essentially building up. Think about it like a spring that is being compressed. They're just building more and more and more volume and momentum into this area. 
to give us more strength into whatever direction we're going to go. And at the moment, you know, because we're bouncing, because potentially we're starting to see a little bit of more volume than maybe potentially usual, we're looking pretty good as far as the midterm and the short-term macro that we're going to continue turning up here. We're still potentially forming out a large bat slash butterfly slash, uh, you know, harmonic pattern to push us up in towards, you know, it could be topped out at 25 and it could top out at 30. If we were to reject, get a higher low, then at 25 or 24, 500, we could be looking for a converging wave for a much larger time frame bullish divergence. That's, you know, I think the overall is bullishly diverging. It has been since about May. And even looking at the overall, even though these are the current divergences, it's been diverging technically since about here in May of 2021. So interesting that May came up twice. So I, I yeah, I'm still truly believing that overall this level is going to hold even if we get some crazy spike quickly to let's say 16 17 somewhere in that region maybe even a little bit lower um the overall of this thing is bullish so if something crazy comes up over the next i don't know two to three months in i don't know like i said something crazy with the economy It'll more than more than likely be a black swan event where it's the same situation that we saw back here for March of 2020, where things just fell off a cliff as quickly as possible and recovered entirely before continuing and creating new highs and yada, 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 yada. Like if we break this massive falling tightening wedge, um, to the downside, it's the same situation that we saw here, where we smashed down, we smashed back up, and continued. And essentially, this being a fractal about 10 times larger, you know, it, it really opens us up for, for in, in, in amazing potential. It does not need to have the black swan event, though. We don't need to smash through. Maybe we do. More than likely, I we, we don't. It could just bounce from here, continue forming out higher lows from this bottom as long as we don't break and invalidate all this divergence that's stacked up. We're still forming out a macro bottom. That's what I'm trying to get at here. It just it, there's possibility for things to take another step down in the midterm macro before continuing. For now. I said we don't have confirmation of either direction. It is looking again better for the bulls in the midterm, short term, but that only changed as of today. And again, yesterday it was like everything was about to reject. Daily could have potentially rejected off the zero line here, created a red dot, and re triple confirmed itself back down, which, as we know, is a very strong signal in the daily time frame we're still technically tc down we have been since about 20 back here on september 15th so if we were to reconfirm 
You know, this looks like kind of bear flaggy. That's going to put us into that level. Now, 16,500 would still be on the major trend support, as you can see here on the chart. So that would still be okay. It would still keep us in the overall direction that we're going to potentially finish this thing out. 16, 30, whatever we do from there kind of deal. Again, doesn't need to go to 16. If everything is going to continue going in the same direction, it is turning now because I don't really see why the Dixie and the US 10 wouldn't smash back into their types of patterns, which is pulling us down. Um, this rising wedge, you know, we've had one, two, three times in the last two years where we've been above it. We've hit a very crucial Fibonacci level. If we're looking at the max, max, uh, like the three day time frame, Fibonacci, this is going back. Essentially, this is a fib that grabs every bit of data going back 40 years, starting on the top, bouncing out on the bottom. We've just hit the 236, which was the 4% on this level. So, you can see why this was so critical. Where's the next fib? Well, it's up here at six some six point two percent. If we if we break through four, that's more than likely our next level. And we can see that the channel as well, by the time we hit the top of it, it lines exactly right up with that 382, right? It still wouldn't be completely blasting to the upside with some crazy you know, Chili's pattern type of deal where it just explodes to the max. But if we can push ourselves back into the rising wedge, potentially break back down, the target on this would more than likely be somewhere around one and a half to two percent, potentially even more if it flags and takes another step down. Now, again, that would just put us in the overall falling broadening wedge, you know, area potentially support. Down here, nothing broken again. But, you know, we could be looking at 2025, 2026 by the time that actually happens. The most important thing that happens here is that we break back into the pattern. We start falling below 3.2% and we don't bounce off of 2.5% as we did back here in July. If we bounce off 2.5%, it's going to retest 4% more than likely again. Maybe a, a converging wave lower high type of deal for some sort of midterm head and shoulders here. But I would I would much rather see it break through, retest, and take a step down. So that's the big thing. I'm paying attention to the 10-year yield right now, the Dixie, about what's going to happen over the coming weeks. Um, the quantitative easing news that we got out of the UK today is, you know, un, you know unfortunately, very good news in the space for stocks to get you know continue going up so yeah i don't think we're in a bad place we need to see how those midterms they're going to reconfirm and all invalidate their bearish signs um if the daily's not going to reconfirm back down those are the things i would be paying attention to man talking for about 15 minutes jay i'd love to Grab your opinion of what you're seeing. I see you've been looking across the board of all the charts and stuff and things. 
So what is your take? I mean, don't you have like another 15 minutes you can tell us about, you know, all the possible bullishness before I come in here and ruin the party? <laughs> nope. <laughs> nah, actually, I'm, I'm not really uh, going to light the world on fire too much today. So a couple things I'm looking at here. The daily I have on the left side of the screen, the four day I have on the right side. You'll notice that we have a bearish market structure on the daily and the four day, as well as the weekly and the monthly, honestly. So, I mean, we have bearish market structure and higher time frames. Um, I would really like to see us actually... Obviously, you start flipping those, you know, one at a time. The daily flips the four day, which flips the weekly, you know, and so on. But if you look here, it's kind of interesting how I just I'm using the line. I'm not using candles or anything just for ease. And you can see how we're kind of running back into previous support right now on the daily time frame as well as the four day. Right now, we broke down below and we formed another divergence, another bullish divergence, which is awesome. We gave it that last little like, like I always talk about that, right? When we went up to 69,000 all time high, we gave it that one last little push. And it's that last little push, right? To get everyone in and then and then fake them out, right? Yeah. And it's kind of like we just did that here in the opposite fashion, right? To the downside. However, I'd like to see more of a reaction than this. We're not really seeing quite the reaction yet. Yeah, we've seen some upside potential. If you were to look at the daily time frame, you could see that we had like a little triangle forming here with our last um, few days here, and we broke out of the triangle to the upside. So that's a good sign. However, we do have some supports above us that we're kind of contending with here um, as resistances right now. I'd really like to mm -hmm. see us break through that, obviously, first. Yes. Um, but just knowing that we have bearish market structure on daily and up is giving me some hesitancy to know a move is coming quickly, especially when I see the EMA, SMA, the 21, the 50, the 200, all of that is above us and pointed to the downside as well, too, on the daily and four day time frame. So, you know, it, oftentimes when you get a big move, those EMAs and SMAs will coil up, you know, and they'll start going sideways pretty much. Uh, and then they'll start trending in the direction you want to go. But in this case, they're all pretty much just pointing down still at this point, which gives me some hesitancy to think that we're going to get this move soon here. Um, I know we may have some fuel, you know, of course, uh, with with some news possibly for like the macro and all that to maybe give us that jet fuel. But um, I personally am still hesitant. I, I think 30K, and I, we've been saying this forever. I feel mm -hmm. like we're going back in time with this podcast by talking about going up to 28 to 30K because we've talked about that for so long now. Uh, but I definitely still see that in the cards. I see us coming back and retesting this previous area that we kind of rejected off of mm -hmm. um, around 28 to 30 or so but when that's going to happen i'm not sure and with all of these time frames showing bearish market structure you know I'm, i i just i can't help but think that we might get that last push down like you were saying to give us that actual fuel right mm -hmm. that actual capis that one last capitulation 
right? It's like the th- waves of three, right? I mean, Bitcoin likes to do waves of three you talk about, right? So we did our, if you look at like the four day time frame, we did our first wave from 69 down to about 33K. Okay, and then mm-hmm. we did our next one from 48 all the way down to like 19, right? So are we going to do the next one down to maybe like 15? Just a smaller third wave? I think that's definitely possible to give us that fuel to actually have people commit, start buying up. And then really, um, as you've talked about before, how many people are putting in calls, you know, expecting lower prices. Okay, well, imagine the jet fuel, how many more people add those, add those in, right? In order, and then we squeeze the hell out of them to get that push up. It just mm-hmm. makes more sense to me um, be, for us to get an actual strong push up here. I don't know if we have the fuel yet, just according to some indicators in market structure uh, that I'm seeing in particular here. No, absolutely. You're, you're bang on with that. You know, the fact that, yeah, we, the structure is still bearish in our midterm macros and our macros is going to be, you know, it's, it's going to be really tough to get above either of the levels that we've that we've been talking about, which are 30 or even 40. Both of those would result in a lower high in the macro. And turning down from there, you know, we could see upwards of a 50% crash for sure. If we fall from 2830, that 50% is going to put us into that 15, 14K level, which is, you know, again, not the worst thing in the world if you're prepared for it you're getting bitcoin at probably the heaviest discount that you're going to get in you know the next 10 years i would say i don't know if it's going to come in and or below the double digits you know so i'm definitely thinking that overall you know the weekly uh tc indicator i don't know if it's going to change but I can absolutely see up towards daily and four day potentially changing, you know, if we're going to push into those levels. Um, the biggest thing I see in the short term is that we need to get above 25. 25 is like our local high, midterm high, obviously an important key level here. So if we were to see a rejection and everything turn back down, you know, if we reject off 25 again, and turn everything back down from there, that would probably be the indicator that, okay, we're not going to step up into the next level before coming down um, and more than likely come down from there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 25K, people see that and they're like, ooh, take profit, take profit. You know, it's that, that, that mentality flip, right? And we saw that when we got up to 20K again, heavy profit taking happened. Um, and one other thing I did want to point out too is, Looking at the quarterly chart, we've never had a candle close on the quarterly chart below the 20 SMA until last quarter. We did have that, um, if you're looking at regular candles, of course. We did have that in the last quarter. And since then, we've held the 21, or no, sorry, that was the 21 EMA, sorry, the 21 EMA. We've held the 20 SMA, though. And since then, we're still holding the 20 SMA barely. But we have limited info on the quarterly chart, obviously. It's only been 10 years of Bitcoin, really. But 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's just some food for thought because we we came back up and retried to close above the 21 EMA on the quarterly, and we rejected off that. It was about 21,700, give or take. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd be curious over the next few days if the bulls get some sort of push to the upside to close above it. I wonder mm-hmm. if that would uh, do anything with the algorithms, you know? And mm-hmm. if the bears give it that last push to maybe have us close the quarterly below the last quarterly wick, which was at about what, 17.5 or so. And mm-hmm. if we close below that wick, I wonder if that would also cause the algorithms to dump. Right. So right. just trying to think of what the, what the, what the market makers want the bots and algorithms to do, you know, in their favor here. For sure. Like we could be looking at a situation like what you see back in 2019 there for the first touch of the low of no, no, not that one. The first one. Yeah. So you, that the those three candles, right? One, two, three. Potentially it could be the same type of deal that we're looking at right now. We had the hard first three month come down this month, depending on what happens now. Or even, you know, it, it is technically a bullish hammer candle on that, uh, on the candle that we're on right now. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it is a reversal candle and this is where we bounced. There's just a lot of similarity in that bottom around 3000 yep. uh, before taking off. Now, like you can see that in 2019, 2020, we came all the way up to 12 and we came all the way back to retest it again. And I think that, you know, if if it's going to continue reversing here and everything's going to go into our favor, then that's that's our fate is essentially the same thing. A push up to 30 or 40, a rejection of a lower high and a retest of the macro of the macro bottoms, which could be only 20. You know, it depends where we reject from, mm-hmm. I think, is going to come into play. I don't I don't I don't know. Like I said, if we get to 40. How easy is it going to be, you know, it's, it's going to need uh, an upwards of 60 to 70% drop to get to 14 at that point. But it's yep. only 50% to get back to 20. Yep. Right. And, you know, 20 is our previous all-time high as well. There's a lot of confluence in this zone. So that, that I don't know, that makes sense to me. We're definitely seeing the midterms already turning up um and still you know quite bullish in their senses where mm-hmm. daily hasn't and four day haven't had the chance to really show that yet on their charts right like we haven't had enough volume and or momentum in the medium terms to get anything significant changing on the daily and Makes i think sense. that's why we don't see those you know, because obviously, like the daily uh, fib levels are completely maxed out. We would need a retest and a restructuring of those, and can you know st- keep stay in the bearish uh, structure in order to take another step down. Like those are they're completely di- you know they're almost done. Yep, it needs something. Even even if it, if again if they reset. And we've only gotten to 25 and they extended down, then, you know, that's, that's what we're looking at. That indicator and how they restructure it, how, and how it works is amazing. It's phenomenal in, in 
and how it restructures once it sees that, oh, you know, it had all this volume, it barely moved because you've got a lot of cell pressure still, and it restructures itself into the downside fashion for the next extensions and fib levels. So a very important one to be paying attention to. But everything right now is so flippy floppy. Again, because we're at the end of the month, we've got the monthly close, we've got the quarterly close. It makes sense that we would maintain below 20 until next month. You know, just to really, even even if we get one more day where we touch into, let's say, we go right back to 18,500 again after today's close. Overnight, we drop again. As long as we hold it, we don't smash through. You know, we're just testing, 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 testing. It's like a grenade. It it bounces a couple times before it explodes. Yeah, exactly. That's that's kind of what I'm wondering about here too. Just what with what I was talking about with the uh, a lot of support we had there. You know, put, and then we kind of broke below it. It did create that bullish divergence, which is great. But at the same time. Was that divergence just what led us into the support as resistance now, right? And and which then leads us down further. That that's that's all I'm hesitant about when I see the the market structure like it is, of course, too. And when Absolutely. I pull it on the weekly time frame and look at the line, you can see how obvious it is here, right? So we held market structure on the week of 27th of June, right? Our low there, if you just use line and no candles. And then we held it again on the 22nd of August. Now we broke below it and we're actually running back into that exact same position, but from the other direction, right? From from the bottom of it instead of holding above it. So it's it's really interesting here in that regard for me. Um, it's uh, Yeah, the, the uh, market makers sure know, know what they're doing, don't they? Of course. It's Jerks. their job to be correct, right? Those dicks. And I was just thinking about something too um, that I wanted to point out. You know, like in all in my years of experience, it always goes the extra step, right? Because if everyone's thinking twenty, it's not just going to go to twenty, right? It's going to go to eighteen, and they're going to push everyone out because everyone's oh, I got stopped out, ah, oh, you know this that they got their stop losses every time we come down, and they relong, you know, they're setting tight stops. And they're just, oh, pushed out again, pushed out again. And finally, like, they're going to break down. They're going to start shorting at the bottom. This is how it happens every freaking time. Again, we need to just, like, we have so many divergences stacked up in the midterms. If you're looking at Bitcoin or ETH or whatever, you technically have converging waves as well on ETH. Like, we had all their divergences starting back here in September. We you know, broke down one, two, three times, four times technically, and have since then only created higher lows with hidden bullish divergence on this last low. Like that is a rounding bottom if I've ever seen one, you know, but we definitely know that there is very important resistance now up around uh, 1500 and or uh, 1620. Like that whole area is going to be very tough to get through now, right? As high as 1700. Mm -hmm. All three levels that I highlighted in the last couple of posts, that's where all the midterm resistance is. Um, That's where our market structure is coming in of the midterms, you know. But again, like this for now, 
unless we get a lower high rejection somewhere up in here or a lower high in the in the midterm short term it's going to restructure back down and it's probably going to lead us you know to a, on eth a thousand bucks on bitcoin you know towards 16500 but for now we got to believe in what's what we're seeing you know if we get the daily on bitcoin completely reversing in the next day or two we don't completely reconfirm the bearish uh, tc then yeah like i i have to believe that we're going to at least try and get to 25 if not more because it just it's it's at that point of precipice where it's run out of time essentially it needs to make a decision even if we get to 28 we get a bearish divergence or something stupid from the high of August 16th, you know, that would lead us back down. We get a W pattern within potentially a fractal of a larger W pattern. Yeah. And we go from there. Yeah, you, hey, you want to know what some of the easiest TA in the world is? When you start seeing news outlets like Cointelegraph start saying things like when Lambo, you know, if they're saying when Lambo, you better get the hell out. You better sell. You better short. <laughs> oh, God. Right. <laughs> but you know what we, we keep seeing bearish news right so it, it's kind of a hint as well too right as to like what uh what big money kind of wants to happen a little bit here that's just it like I, I was saying before the podcast the dumb smart money is all going short at this point going yeah. you know putting in puts whatever like they're not the real smart money the real smart money like JP Morgan just came out today and said, hmm, we're seeing all the signs we need for a bottom in the markets. Very strange that they would come out and say that today if, you know, if things like they, they don't mess around, they're not wrong often. I don't know. It makes way more sense that the average person is all, oh, everything's going to shit, blah, 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 rates and everything, you know. You guys are putting it so beautifully. Like I, I actually don't think the phrase "buy the rumor, sell the news" is accurate enough. But the fact of the matter is, you know, that article by J.P. Morgan—that's that's not, you know, that's not targeted to us. Because when I say us, I'm being a bit gracious to myself in, in, in the light of your company, but like. It takes hard work and it takes perseverance to pay attention every day. And it takes discipline to manage your emotions so that you can look at the market through different time frames by compounding the value of your hard work and your focus and attention. So, you know, this group being able to spot bottling signs. And like you could look at this two ways. You could say, you know, okay. We could be at a local bottom, or we could be in the middle of a bearish downtrend, which, you know, you wouldn't want to touch anyway. Um, so it's 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 just the way I think the market makers, you know, Jay was saying, it like I, they they play it like a fiddle because they know that the general populace, you know, do buy and sell off the news, yeah. and by the time it's news. You know, they're, they they have everything set up. You know, they're they're ready to go mm -hmm. in the opposite direction, <laughs> and then the right direction every time, every freaking time. 
Uh, I was hoping you could dive into a little bit about what we were talking about before the podcast started. Um, just about what kind of happened over in the UK today uh, with the banks and such. If you have yeah. a minute. And you highlight it with, you know, um, you know, the Bank of England more or less moving into quantitative easing mode through purchasing their own their own bonds, their own debt. Um, mm. which is a signal of I hate to say this word a pivot, you know. Mm. Um so in short, the new UK the new 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 UK government um on Friday, issued a budget that was just completely in contrary to the party's ethos for their entire history. It's borrow to lower taxes in an inflationary environment. And the market, you know, we saw the pound crashing Friday. We saw it follow through straight away from the Asian opens over the weekend. And the market really is not letting up here and saying, guys, like this is... Um, this is catastrophic. You're going to like not grind your economy into the ground. You're going to crash it soon. And today, um, 40 year British gilts and bonds just, just nobody wanted to buy them. The market just said, nope. The price tanked. A couple of pension funds almost went insolvent. It was very close to being a layman's kind of day because. I think that's what's going to happen when we see that converging wave eventually, perhaps Q1, Q2 next year. I think it's going to be pension funds who are highly invested in property and they have did it the same this time as they did last time, just a different way. Um, so, yeah, the Bank of England stepped in, bought those bonds, marketed them on them. And they were tanking in price, so they need to support that so that the pension funds didn't crash, which is a bit of a pivot. So I think the Fed are, um, you know, we spoke on Monday about, you know, keeping an eye on the CPI um, in October or September. And if it will show a month to month decline from August, which would start off this quarter, um, you know, with a signal to the market that perhaps inflation has peaked. And again, back to what we were talking about there, you know, you hear people and you see people online right now and, you know, they're still being sold by the media that, especially in Europe, that energy prices are, you know, we're going to be cooking rats on burning rats to feed ourselves this winter. And, you know, that's just, that, that's all been priced in. Um, and I don't think normal people can realize that when they look at, if they would ever look at the chart. So, you know, um, a CPI that shows Q4, unless it's going to be the second Q4 in history um, that is red after previous red, three red quarters. And the last was 2008. You know, if investors kind of see CPI, okay, inflation might have topped out. Probability is this should be a green quarter unless it's 2008 all over again. <laughs> you know, so. Mm. But you talk to the man in the street and right now they're starting to check for pension funds, not six months ago. Yeah, very good points. I think it's that straightforward. I think, you know, look, 
Most people don't know if they're traders or investors. <laughs> and most people don't pay this much time and attention to the charts. I think all that, regardless of triple confirmation, is, is an unreal edge. And we'll be ready whichever way it goes. But I think if I was to look in the balance of probabilities, how Q4 looks like, I think it'll be green. Maybe not if there's a big fake out over before Christmas or over Christmas, which is the perfect time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, give it now until maybe the tenth of December, and I think, yeah, I think we'll be we'll be green, quarter on quarter. I agree. I think I think so. And I mean, yeah, you're right. Like December, things could pivot again. You know, if we're up by thirty to forty at that time. You know, the whole market's up 100%. Everyone's giddy and super happy. And, you know, it's been a couple of years since we've had, like, the Christmas pumpage, which we used to see back in the day. You know, 2017 was, uh, <laughs> what a year. We had a, um, we did have a bit of pumpage on Christmas Day. Last Christmas Day, actually. Oh, I, but it was, it was pathetic. Pathetic. In pathetic. comparison. Yeah. You know, but yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> my mind because I should have sold some shit coins that day. <laughs> yeah, guys, just one thing, one more thing I wanted to point out with the Dixie. Obviously, we haven't had a macro retest of the resistance at about 102. These are very important levels and or 108. So I think what's very important is that we don't see support at either of those levels. If we are to come back down over the next, let's say, two to three months uh, back into those ranges, if we retest 108 and we start finding support, we're just building up the bullish case for continuation here. But if we do see my original idea, which is essentially breaking back through that level, retesting 102, potentially sitting there for a bit, coming back towards 108 to find it as now resistance, then, you know, the next full year is probably going to be good for assets and continuation to the upside within Bitcoin and Ethereum. If this could come back and retest 95, I'm not saying in the in the macro macro over the next 10 years, this is you know, this is actually a bullish thing coming all the way back to 95 and retesting those macro, macro resistances as support because it would be right in that area of, of, of that to do so. We could be looking for a much more macro converging wave, essentially maybe putting us into 2030 type of dealio. I know that sounds like a millennia away, but with this type of time, you know, chart, you have to kind of foreshadow that far along, at least give yourself an idea of what could come later. And, you know, we don't know what the future is going to hold in five to 10 years or even next year. But everything I'm seeing right now is telling us that even if, even if it has, I don't know, I don't know how it could do it, but if it has one more step to the upside here, like, the stock market's ready to go up. We had a 70 basis. We've been having, you know, 70 basis point pumps 
for a while now. It's 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 getting ready to go. It wants to, but everything else has been holding it back. I think that's what's important. We need to work through these middle uh, midterm time frame resistances before anything. So that's what we're looking at right now. Obviously, I'll keep you guys updated in the Discord if anything changes again, as it has twice over the last two days. Again, I hope you guys didn't get scared out or pushed out or stopped out yesterday with that return to 18,500. You know, I was, I was hovering the button for myself, I'll be honest. I was very ready to uh, get out of my starting long entries. But instead, I added a little bit to the short at 19, which, you know, originally was taken at 25. So I was comfortable doing so. And, you know, more than likely, that's going to end up that last, that bit that I added is going to get chopped off. But everything else so far is looking good. We need to close the daily above 19,500 to see continuation over the next couple days. If we don't, if we come back down in the next three hours, then we're probably going to dick around again still right till the end of the month. We've still got two days before things have to be, you know, they have to be in place before we get any motion. Um, with that being said, for anyone who's listening for the first time, make sure you check out our website, tripleconfirmation.com. Uh, as well as our GitHub, which links will be uh, hopefully added into our descriptions. You can check out our roadmap, our ideas with the Triple Confirmation bot. We've got a ton of good information on the GitHub. And, of course, check out the Alpha Trading bot. It is operating. It is working. Uh, we're making big moves when it comes to that. We appreciate the heck out of you guys for taking the time to listen. And hopefully you have a great rest of your day. We'll see you on Friday. Bye-bye.